Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for saving that man. Thank you so much that... A man like that, who wrote a song like that, did not have his heart deceive him all the way into hell. Thank you, Lord, for being the tender shepherd that went out into the, into the forest there and found a lost sheep who wrote a song about you, could have being able to call 10,000 angels. Thank you for doing that now in Jesus' name. And open our hearts now as we, we consider your word before we come to your table in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'd like to turn again to uh, the passage that's really has, has focused our attention, Exodus 24.8, Exodus 24.8, we're going back, we keep going back to that time when Moses was, was standing there and all of Israel was around him. We can picture it so clearly in our minds. The Mount Sinai was burned with fire is behind him. He's out there in the desert, the wind's blowing. I don't know if the wind's blowing, but it should be blowing so that we can kind of get the scene, wind blowing, it's sunny, it's got to be sunny, it's a desert. Anyway, and in Exodus 24, 8, it says this about what happened in that scene, Exodus 24, 8, Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold the blood of the covenant, which the Lord hath made with you concerning these words. We've been studying what it means as we as believers behold the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been going through different things. Let's turn now to Revelation 7.13. Revelation 7.13, another accomplishment of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning before we come to the table. Revelation 7.13. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, what are these which are, come, which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? I said unto them, sir, thou knowest, he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, serve him day and night in his temple. He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sunlight on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of them, midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them unto living waters living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Okay, so now, what has happened here? So we have been really focused on, remember he, in that song that, that uh, so beautifully just sung to us, it said that he, he cried out, it is finished. That was his song. So that was on the cross. The Lord Jesus then, it, it's, it's really his last words, or one of his last words, he says, it is finished, 
And we said that we, we never want to think about when he says it's finished, like, I'm glad that's over. No. Finished is the Hebrew word asa, asa, which means done or accomplished, finished. So it's, it's got this idea there of an accomplish, accomplished. And so we're looking at, behold the blood of the Lord and all that he accomplished. And we could insert for it, for these different things that the Lord accomplished with his blood. For example, removing sins is accomplished from Hebrews 9.22. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, no removal. Redeeming souls, redeeming their souls is accomplished. He could have cried out from 1 Peter 1.18. 1 Peter 1.18, redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot, without blemish. Covering our sins is accomplished. He could have said atonement. It's a, from Leviticus 17.11, Leviticus 17.11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. God said, I've given it to you on the altar to make an atonement or a covering for your souls. It's the blood that makes an atonement or covering for your souls, for the soul. He could have cried out, he was on that cross. Reconciliation with God is accomplished from Ephesians 2.13, from Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you, are, you that were sometimes far off, are now made nigh, near, by the blood of Christ. He could have cried out when he was on that cross, cleansing for their soul is accomplished. Accomplished. Now from 1 Peter 1.17, 1 Peter 1.17, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He could have cried out from the cross, peace made with God is accomplished. From Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of the cross, of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. He could have cried out from the cross, justification is accomplished. From Romans 5.9, Romans 5.9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. These are all the accomplishments. This is all what it means. It, it is finished. These are the accomplishments of his blood when he said, accomplished, asa, it's finished. Really, that's, that's been the focus of our series, Behold the Blood. And now we come to a, this other accomplishment, this new accomplishment of his blood. You see here in Revelation 7.13, Revelation 7.13, and that's where we turn our focus when it says in Revelation 7.14 that uh, John is asked the question, who are these? He says to the angel, sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation, have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. He could have said that. Wash their robes, making them white is accomplished through his blood. Very rare scene that John is being able to, to, to have here in the book of Revelation. It might as well be called the book of disclosure, the book of opening, what is not seen. And he sees these, uh, in verse 13 here, he sees this, this tremendous sight of these people with just stunningly white robes they're wearing. The elder then comes and says, who is these? And, and the second question is, where they come from? Whence came they? And, and so first question, who are these? There's so much loaded in that question. Who are these? Is the question. And the, the second question, where they came from, really answers, it, it gives the answer there in the, four, in the four verses earlier where he says, I beheld and lo, a great multitude 
multitude which no man could number out of all nations, even the Nivakli people, Niva, Niva, I'm never going to pronounce that word right, but anyway, those people down there, and then the other people, that Gordon and Nancy, the man who finally got that straight after decades. They, they're there. They're there. They're there. Oh, they're there also. They're part of the nations, the kindreds, the people, the tongues. They fit in one of those groups. And they're there too. And they're before the throne, before the Lamb. And they're not clothed in the dirty rights of their own sins. But they're clothed in beautiful white robes. And they have palms in their hands. And, and as John looks at these people, he says, nobody can number them. There's so many of them. And they come, and, and there they are. And there's Germans there, and there's Americans, and there's Eskimos, and Norwegians, and Japanese, and, and, and Indonesians, and Sudanese, and Ethiopians. Can't forget the Ethiopians. They're there, the Navajo, everybody's there. And none of them are sitting down. They're all standing before the throne of God and before the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're all dressed in these white robes. I don't know if you can picture this in your mind. It's just, it, it, it's, it, it's stunning. And they're, they're, they're not just standing there with their hands in their pockets. They're not just doing that, but they're singing a new song in, in Revelation 5.9. They're singing a new song, and the song is, the words are, Thou art worthy to take the book and load the seals thereof. Thou wast slain to open the seals thereof, and thou wast slain, for thou, for thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, you can see them singing this song. And as they're, they're talking about being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, they're looking around at all. Oh, look at all these people. There's all these kindreds and nations and tongues. You did it. You did it. When he cried out, it is finished from the cross. And then we're told in verse 14 that the multitude of these people, they come out of a great tribulation. Great tribulation. Persecution. The Lord spoke about that in, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5.10. When he said, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he, he spoke of the persecution in Matthew 10, 23. Matthew 10, 23, when he says, he was saying to his people, when they persecute you in this city. He didn't say if they persecute you. He said, when they persecute you in this city. Flee to the other. Verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. And he spoke about their great losses in the persecution in, in Mark 10, Mark 10, 29, 10, 29. Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that have left house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands, for my sake in the Gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions and the world to come eternal life. They lost all that. But they were willing to lose. This is the, there was the people who are up there. They all lost that, but they were willing to do it in order they could gain the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. For some, it really comes down in this life. They've got to make a decision. What's it going to be? I've told you the story before about how Rabbi Friend, Orthodox Rabbi Friend in, in uh, Brooklyn, New York, came out here. Uh, to visit with me and, and uh, prayed to receive the Lord over there in the museum, in the Creation Earth History Museum. And then he um, had a congregation, a synagogue, and, and he returned home. And he was so excited about his new discovery that Jesus was the Messiah, was God. 
And uh, in his excitement, he decided to tell his wife. She didn't share that excitement. She had another excitement. And uh, she said to him, okay, now you choose. You choose between me and your new Savior, between your children and your new Savior, between your family, your community, your home, your job, all of your possessions, and your new Savior. Tragically, he called me said he made the wrong decision. Even though I told him, I don't know how. But I can tell you, based on God's word, he, it's worth it. He'll make it up to you. But these who are in heaven made the right decision. And they said, I'm, I'd rather have Jesus. Another great song. Take the world, but I'd rather have Jesus. And they suffered all that loss. Paul wrote about it in Hebrews 10.34. Hebrews 10.34. He said, you had compassion on me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Took joyfully. The people, the persecutors came in, took their goods out of their house, took their houses, wives, children, so forth, turned on them. They said, take it, take it, just give me Jesus. And now they're in heaven as part of this big group, and they're looking around and said, it was worth it. I made the right decision. And they were strongly tempted when they were down here, and, and there was so much trouble. And the trouble that came was satanic here on earth, and they endured it. When Daniel talked about war with the saints in Daniel 7.21, Daniel 7.21, I beheld and the same horde made war with the saints and prevailed against them. And, and in Revelation 13.7, Revelation 13.7, it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, to wear them down. As it says in Daniel 7.25, Daniel 7.25, he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High to think to change times and laws and they shall be given to this hand. Till it. So there they are. They're, they're down there and, and the times are changing and the, and the laws are changing and they don't know is it, is, 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 this lifestyle is now accepted and so forth like that. And, and, and so much is coming on them that just wears them out. It wears them out. That's part of the persecution. Some of them are in prison. They go into prison in Acts 5.18. Acts 5.18. Like that group that we read about in our, in, our, in our bulletin of the Christians in Eritrea next to Ethiopia where they've been put into a cattle car with, the, with, with terrible sanitary conditions, terrible in there, and they're just in that prison because they're Christians, that's all, just because they're Christians. And Paul knew this. He said, uh, he, he said uh, in, in 2 Timothy 1.16, Timothy 1.16, Lord, give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. That's uh, Paul's new identity, my chain, my chain. And he, he talked about Ephesians 6.20, Ephesians 6.20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. And so, so this is what they all would have to go through. Terrible things. It's all listed for us in Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, 35 to 38. Big, long list, and, 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 and so forth. And so this is the group. Who are these? These are the ones who came out of this. And now we're told they came out in Revelation 7, 14. They came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So we're told that they washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, and they made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Don't ask me how red blood can make something white, but this is what it says. And, and it's interesting 
that it doesn't say there that their robes were washed by God or by anyone else. And, 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 and then their robes became white in the blood of the Lamb. The verse says that these people, each person individually, washed their own robes. And each person made their own robes white in the blood of the Lamb. God did not wash any person's robes. Each person themselves washed their own robe. He made, he, each person made their own robe white when they made that decision to put their trust in the blood as it says in Romans 3.25, Romans 3.25, through faith in his blood. That man who wrote that song when he was in that church on that day and realized that he didn't have Christ as a Savior, he made that decision. He washed his robes in, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb when he made that decision. The pastor didn't make that decision for him. Nobody else made that decision for him. He made it. That's when each person puts their own individual faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus to accomplish, to make all the accomplishments on the cross count for him so that he can know personally removal of the sin, my sins, redemption of my soul, atonement, covering of my sins, reconciliation with God, peace with God, justification. God doesn't push anyone into trusting in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Each person makes their own decision to trust in the blood, to trust in the accomplishments that the Lord Jesus, that the, that the blood of the Lord Jesus made from the cross when he cried out, it is accomplished, it is accomplished. God invites everyone to come to make the decision, as he said in, Ro, in uh, Isaiah 118, Isaiah 118, when God said, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white, as white as snow. They'll be like crimson, they'll be like wool. And then God goes on and he says, if you be willing, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So the invitation is there for every person to make their own decision to come to Christ like that songwriter. And God's saying, let me try to persuade you. Come, come. It's not, it is an open invitation, and it's also, it's also got the, the, the urging of God, but not the push, because God doesn't push. He just invites and waits. So now, as we're going to turn our hearts and go to the, the elements here, the, 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 the bread, the red juice, let's remember, as we do that, his words from the cross and all that the it stood for when he said, it's accomplished, it's accomplished. Let's give thanks to the Lord that part of what it was that was accomplished was the ability to wash robes and make them white in the blood of the Lamb. Let's pray. Father, help us now to continue, Lord, in the, in, in, in the focus on the blood of your Son and what he accomplished as we now prepare our hearts to enter into this, this, uh, this remembrance, this little remembrance time when we take the bread and the juice in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 